0: Um, Well, good night, ladies and gentlemen, or (laughs) good morning, is it, by that time? Um, I know the Minister himself would like to uh, apologize, but let me uh, also apologize for the delay. Um, And also thank you for, uh, so many of you, for staying uh, when the pubs have been open for quite some time. Um, uh, We are going to go straight into the Minister's speech, so I'm sure he will excuse me if I give the briefest of introductions given at uh, the time. Of course, uh, Mr. Babachan is the uh, Deputy Prime Minister and Finance Minister, before then was uh, Foreign Minister, uh, has been in the government for some time, uh, was educated in uh, Ankara um, at TED University, and of course at Kellogg in the United States, but we will forgive him that. Um, <laughs> and has been a good friend, however, to the uh, LSE, Um, and has been here before. So without further ado, let me introduce you.
1: Distinguished uh, director, academicians, participants, ladies and gentlemen, it's a great pleasure and honor to address such a distinguished gathering. And at the outset, I would like to extend my heartfelt thanks to the London School of Economic European Institute for this kind invitation and for organizing this event. And I do apologize for being quite late here. We were at Oxford for the opening ceremony of a new uh, Southeastern European uh, Studies Center. And our schedule showed that it would take one hour and 15 minutes from Oxford to LSE. I found out that it takes much longer, especially at at this time of the evening. So so apologies for that. Uh, My remarks today come in the context of the current global financial crisis and Turkish economy. First of all, I'd like to set out observations on the challenges that the global economy has faced and also recent developments. Later on, I will discuss the prospects for Turkish economy and what we have done so far. The economic and financial landscape has been shaken by an unprecedented crisis whose seeds were actually sown over years. Uh, In the first half of this decade, benign economic environment and lax credit conditions fostered by declining interest rates and ample liquidity (coughs) spurred excessive risk-taking. Build-up of huge amount of debt by financial institutions, corporations and households Increased their vulnerability to unexpected shocks. F- uh, Federal Reserve's monetary policy tightening between 2004 and 2006, stoked by the inflationary concerns, ultimately drove up the mortgage rates. Following the trend reversal in the financial markets and deterioration in the demand conditions, house price appreciation halted and prices in the US began to slide. And that seemed to be the beginning. Of all the uh, rest of the problems. Consequently, delinquency rates and foreclosures mounted, and default rates on subprime mortgages rose to record high levels. Financial institutions that had significant exposures to mortgage related assets, especially those that have low credit quality, faced severe deterioration in their balance sheets. Interconnectedness in the international banking system and significant exposure of major banks to complex toxic assets transformed what started as a liquidity crisis into a solvency problem. And in the aftermath of the collapse of a systemically important bank, one bank which uh, collapsed uh, exactly a year ago, and a near failure of an insurance giant in September last year, the financial crisis entered a new phase. Nearly all money and credit markets came to a standstill as a result of widespread confidence loss and deterioration in investor appetite. Intensifying solvency concerns triggered a domino effect, and uh, and we witnessed a series of bankruptcies, forced mergers, and government interventions in the United States, in Western Europe mostly, but also in some other countries. The problems in the developed markets inevitably spilled over to the rest of the world and began to undermine the real sector activities. Trade and financial linkages spread the effects of the turmoil across the globe. As a result, the world economy will undergo the deepest recession in the post-World War II era. Against this background, policymakers have moved quickly on all fronts to respond with wide-ranging and unprecedented measures. In this context, major central banks have cut their policy interest rates and pumped enormous liquidity to the financial system. Furthermore, central banks have also implemented unconventional measures such as supporting secondary mortgage markets, consumer and commercial credits, purchasing corporate and government bonds, quite unusual, unprecedented methods. While most emerging economies have also eased their monetary policies, some of them could not due to pressures on their currencies and also huge external funding needs. Along with these monetary policy measures, several financial sector policies have been implemented in order to restore confidence and rebuild stability in the financial sector. Recapitalization of the financial institutions, establishing guarantee schemes for interbank lending, purchase of impaired assets and nationalization of some financial institutions were among the major financial sector policies which were implemented. In the meantime, both advanced and emerging governments introduced substantial economic stimulus packages that include tax cuts, investment incentives, and increased public spending on infrastructure projects. During this time, G20 has emerged as the most relevant platform to coordinate the global response. In this regard, the declaration issued at the G20 Leaders Summit in April 2006 and communique released at the G20 meeting of finance ministers and central bank governors this September which I attended proved to be the milestones on the road to recovery. Measures taken at the global scale include strengthening international financial institutions, supporting additional lending by multilateral development banks and backing international trade and providing a strong commitment to take the steps necessary for strengthening the global financial system. Such wide-ranging and unparalleled measures taken to date across the globe succeeded in stabilizing the financial markets and dissipating fears of a system-wide collapse. We have seen several signs of improvement in the global economy and financial conditions recently and parallel to the upturn in the consumer and business sentiment, consumer spending seems to be recovering. Activity in the housing market in most of the advanced economies after months of decline has also shown some signs of stabilization. Inventory drawdown has gained pace as the firms adjust their level of inventories to match up the gradual recovery in demand. To sum up, recent data suggests that the rate of decline in the economic activity has moderated, although to varying degrees among regions. The recovery is most pronounced in large emerging market economies, which were not directly affected by the financial meltdown. The pace of sustained global recovery depends on consumer spending and capital investment around the globe. The major emerging economies will fill some of the void that will emerge from higher savings both from households and businesses in the advanced economies. Therefore, it is very important to establish a successful rebalancing of demand between advanced and emerging economies. Notwithstanding the noteworthy progress achieved so far, most of the financial and economic indicators are still below their pre-crisis levels. Moreover, there are several challenges which are still there. First of all, maintaining fiscal sustainability is the most critical problem that needs to be addressed. Stimulus packages, financial sector rescue programs, and other measures taken have brought about deterioration in the budget deficits and a subsequent rise in the public debt. For instance, European Commission projects that budget deficits in 13 countries out of 16 in the euro area members will exceed a critical level of 3%. Also, government debt to GDP ratio will increase to 84% in 2010, which is 18% points higher than 2007 levels. Outlook in this regard is gloomily, especially in the advanced economies. According to IMF forecasts, average debt to GDP ratio of the advanced economies will rise to 115% by year 2014. All these figures highlight the extent of the problems on fiscal balances. Mounting fiscal deficits will need to be consolidated to bring public finance back on a sustainable trajectory. The governments should establish medium-term fiscal policy frameworks in order to elevate fiscal sustainability concerns. Another difficulty related with the fiscal policy is the timing design and coordinating of the exit strategies, a premature exit from crisis measures may risk the recovery. Unwinding stimulus measures too late, on the other hand, may deteriorate the macroeconomic balances, which in the medium term may stoke inflationary and solvency concerns and yield higher interest rates. Therefore, we, as the policymakers, should pay great care while formulating our strategies. Summit of G20 countries in Pittsburgh, which me and my prime minister we will be attending, in a in a week or so, and also the World Bank IMF annual meetings, which will take place in Istanbul, Turkey, this October, will contribute to the exit efforts of the governments and central banks. Distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen, following this brief assessment of the global developments, I would like to give you a perspective about how our economy is affected and also our responses to these extraordinary challenges. Before doing so, I would like to go over the developments of the pre-crisis period in Turkey so that we may get a better understanding about the economic conditions when Turkey started to be affected uh, by the current crisis. As you all know, Throughout 1990s, Turkish economy has gone through quite difficult periods. We would have a high amount of growth one year, which was followed by a crisis or by a negative growth. So this boom-bust periods uh, that we lived through uh, during 1990s uh, costed us a lot. Big debt stock, two or three-digit inflation figures, uh, and and, Zero or almost no growth on, on average. After the 2001 crisis, which we uh, lived in Turkey, we started to go through a very uh, comprehensive reform process. Structural reforms also were uh, accompanied by uh, tight fiscal policies and very prudent monetary policies conducted by our our central bank. We went through a banking sector reform. We went through public sector reform. We went through a very important privatization uh, process. Uh, Most of the sectors which the government was quite uh, dominant, uh, when we look at those sectors right now, government, state, or public sector is totally out of it. And uh, and we went through also a huge fiscal adjustment process. Uh, Our primary surplus for uh, four, five years in a row, were extraordinarily high figures, 4%, 5%, 5 .5 5.5% of GDP. And uh, this process helped us to bring down the debt stop. At the end of 2002, when we took over as the government, public debt to GDP ratio in Turkey was 74%. As of end of last year, end of 2008, it was down to 39%. Also, the economic growth was, was substantial. Uh, in 2002, our total GDP was around $180 billion, whereas uh, last year, our uh, GDP was close to, uh, or to be precise, $741 billion, <laughs> almost threefold in dollar terms between 2002 to 2008. Uh, also, Turkish economy has become much more open. Our exports increasing from 36 billion to 132 billion dollars again in this uh, six year period. Uh, also, we brought down inflation to single digit range since 2004. So, after 34 years of two or three digit inflation figures, uh, now inflation is in the single digit range. Although I cannot say we, are, we have now price stability in Turkey there was enormous success in terms of fighting with inflation uh, in Turkey. Uh, Of course political stability has also played a key role because without political stability it is very difficult to attain macroeconomic stability. Uh, A single-party government which has a very clear idea about economic policy was the the main reason behind behind this uh, success. Then the year of 2009 came. Turkey was affected from the global economic and financial crisis through three main channels. Three trade channel, the, the, the financial channel, and expectations channel. Uh, our main export market is Europe. And when the European economy started to perform <coughs> bad, our exports started to uh, decline, and in terms of dollars, our exports declined by 30% compared to last year. But there's the when we take out the effect of the uh, currency rates uh, and the prices, then in terms of uh, in, t- the, in terms of quantity, the real export value uh, actually decreased by about 10% compared to to last year. Uh, Also, financing for our companies, external financing especially, was no longer easy. Uh, So therefore, this year, for 2009, we are expecting a growth figure of minus 6%. And uh, also, the total exports will be about 100 billion or so compared to 132 uh, last year. Our inflation, on the other hand, was influenced in a uh, a more positive way. So we are going to hit below our inflation target this year, which is quite natural because of the lower commodity prices and because of lower demand compared to last year. And also our current accounts deficit is going to be much lower compared to last year, mainly because of reduced uh, energy prices and also uh, reduced uh, imports. So what to do from from now on? Actually, yesterday was uh, an important day for us because we did announce our new medium-term economic program, in a way, our own exit strategy. Uh, It took us quite some time to work on the details, to decide on what to do, what not to do. Because especially nowadays, many governments, many countries in the world are finding it quite difficult to find the uh, to, to, uh, to to decide on the right balance on one hand there are pressures on more public spending because uh, many uh, people say that you need to continue public spending in order to make up for the lower spending on the uh, on the private side uh, but on the other hand if you don't do it with predictable with a sound uh, medium-term plan then uh, there may be risks accumulated because of the high deficits and high debt stocks so on one hand uh, we have to be very careful not to squeeze too much but on the other hand we have to be careful so that we should not relax also too much so that there will be uh, risks uh, perception of higher and higher, uh, higher risks. And also these uh, decisions are to be made in a different way in developing countries versus in developed uh, countries. It has also a lot to do with the debt structure, not only the, the magnitude of the public debt, but also the structure, uh, how it is uh, prone to, to risks of currency exchange rates or, or interest rates, and also what is the majority maturity. The, the, tot- the, the average maturity of this debt. So every country at the, at the end of the day will make its own decisions but we have made ours and we have announced it, it yesterday. And the main main theme of this program is uh, having a, a, a gradual uh, approach to decrease the the deficits. Our uh, budget deficit this year is going to be above 6% of our GDP. Okay, In Turkey, we did much higher deficits in pre-2002 era. Uh, but over the last five, six years, we have been below uh, uh, compared to, to, to many countries. We were initially targeting 3%, the Maastricht level for our deficits, but we even uh, uh, understood it and we brought down the deficits to even less than 1%. So that was a big achievement for Turkey. But then from that range, jumping to uh, more than 6%, in our view, is something which has to be uh, very well thought out. So so what we are going to be doing is uh, having this deficit gradually, not too fast, but gradually, uh, decrease it down to around 3% uh, by year 2012. Uh, but do this in a very transparent and predictable way uh, so that the treasury, Turkish Treasury uh, does not dominate the debt markets in Turkey because that's what's happening right now. When there is primary deficit uh, in our budget, which is the case for 2009, then the rollover ratio uh, of the Treasury from domestic markets uh, is more than 100%. Uh, when the, the uh, resources are so scarce and when the private sector uh, needs funding for its operations or for consumer credits and so forth uh, we thought that it is no longer appropriate for the treasury to continue to crowd out the, the markets. So uh, so gradually this is, this situation will change and there will be more and more resources out there For private consumption or private uh, private investment Uh, and uh, also with this uh, strategy our public debt to GDP ratio will continue to increase though at a slower pace in 2010 but by 2011 we are planning to stop the increase in the public debt to GDP ratio and in 2012 start to reverse it start to decline it uh, Decline it again. Uh, all throughout this process, our most important strength uh, was uh, our banking system. In 2003, 2004, 2005, we did a lot with our banking system. We restructured the banks. We strengthened the supervisory and regulatory framework. Uh, there has been many mergers and acquisitions in our banking system. We increased the capital adequacy ratio rates. We increased the liquidity requirements for both lira and for foreign currencies. So we were quite harsh on our banks between 2003 to 2005 to way to reshape the sector. But we are so glad that we did that in those years so that when this crisis hit, our banks were uh, quite strong. And unlike many countries, we didn't have to bail out any bank we didn't have to transfer any any public resource to any bank we didn't even have to touch our guarantee scheme our guarantee scheme which was uh, set in 2004 when i was the minister of economy uh, was 20, approximately 25000 euros per person per bank and for saving deposits only and nothing else that was our uh, guarantee scheme and we did not have to touch The guarantee scheme throughout this crisis uh, actually across the oecd countries turkey is the only country which didn't have to touch its banking system which didn't have to do anything about its uh, banking system so so a strong banking sector the total capital of our banking sector is now around 60 billion dollars and in in our part of the world that is the largest by far across any country uh, and with that amount of capital, our banks are able to do at least twice of what they are doing right now when the economic recovery uh, starts. So, uh, so that's, why, that's why we are expecting to go back to positive growth range uh, at the end of this year, uh, most probably last quarter of this year, but first quarter of next year is almost a, a guaranteed a positive growth figure that we estimate Uh, and for next year's for whole next year's growth we are expecting a figure of 3.5 percent i'm saying we but this minus six for this year or three and a half percent for next year uh, is quite in line with what others are expecting from turkey as well when we look at the oecd or imf or world bank when we look at the market analysts what they expect about turkey uh, these are about the the, the figures which uh, which are, are, are expected so our official uh, projections are also in that in that range so minus three minus six this year three and a half percent positive growth next year four percent following year and five percent in year 2012 when you compare these figures with the rest of Europe you would find that Turkey is expected to be one of the Uh, fastest recovering countries. The average of the eurozone growth expectation for next year is about about zero or so. So after the crisis this year the eurozone economies on average will not grow next year. Whereas Turkey will be growing uh, by 3.5 percent or so. So uh, and with a strong banking sector with a public debt stock which has already started to decline and also with a predictable and uh, transparent uh, outlook for our fiscal balances with an independent and a credible central bank. We have all the basics in a way, all the fundamentals there to, 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 to move on. Uh, also starting from 2011, we are going to uh, enact our fiscal rule, first time in our history that Turkey is going to declare a fiscal rule and start implementing it. And this fiscal rule is about, is going to about our uh, budget deficit and our public debt stock, uh, so that we are going to bring long-term predictability about where we want to reach. So far, we have been moving on by three year programs, but for the first time, uh, for 2011, uh, we are going to enact a, a fiscal rule so that in times of crisis, in times of ups and downs, there will be no worries about fiscal sustainability or debt sustainability uh, in Turkey. And that will be the way how to bring down the, the, the risk premiums. That will be the way how to make our uh, credit markets with longer uh, longer maturities. So, uh, I am going to stop here. I know you have been already waiting too long. Uh, and uh, if you have any questions, maybe we can uh, continue with uh, questions. And, and thank you for your patience and thank you for your attention.
0: Well, thank you very much for that uh, um, overview. Particularly, We're particularly jealous of uh, your banking system. Um, though I, I should emphasise that in England we didn't have to bail out any banks, but we did have a small problem with Scotland, which was uh, <laughs> uh, is, is still weighing weighing on us, unfortunately. Um, we have a few minutes for questions, so um, if you could say who you are, and I've caught you've caught my eye first, the second row in the back, a microphone will come to you. You will say who you are, ask your question. There it is. Uh,
2: good evening. Uh... Same, Baba Jan. Uh, Nazm Janokar from the University of Oxford.
0: Uh, now, how long our- did it take you to get here from? Uh-
2: <laughs> Thankfully, I was already in London. Sometimes it can take four hours, though. So you were lucky, sir. Uh, now, our Prime Minister quite, quite famously said that the uh, financial crisis would only affect Turkey tangentially, and I imagine you'd agree that twelve percent over the first six months, six percent over the whole year, if that's correct, is not a tangential. Uh, uh, issue That's obviously we've been affected. So given that a lot of people in Europe and a lot of people in the United States can't yet agree whether this is going to be a V-shaped recession or a W-shaped recession, how can you be so certain that your forecast of growth, where well, you were able to say with absolute certainty almost, a guarantee that we would have growth by the first quarter of 2010, um, given that no one in Europe or US can be so certain, and given that our own Prime Minister got it wrong, when he said we would only be tangentially affected. Um, Is that the right message at this point, or or is it really to just make us all confident? Um, That, that I guess, is it. Thank you. Uh, Well, we'll take
0: two or three, okay. Um, Yeah, right, front, front row, there. And with the beard. Hi there, my name is Klanç, um, I think your government has done a fantastic job
1: in
2: terms of reforming Turkey's political and economic system, so I applaud you for that. Um, what is the, I mean, Turkey will get out of this recession from my point of view as well. If anyone who knows Turkey's uh, economic system, the potential, I think Turkey will get out of faster than European Union. But the thing is, what is the biggest thing on your agenda in terms of reforming Turkey's economic system further than
1: today? What's the top three agenda for you?
0: Thank you. And then one right at the back row there. A man with yeah, his hand up, glasses, shirt, sleeves. Hello, this is Ozan and My question will be following the first question, actually. Do you think the deficit spending was actually quite late in coming and Turkey actually didn't need to have one of the worst contracting economies, at least in the first quarter this year? You know, maybe based on the prime minister's remarks, you know, that Turkey would not be affected. It seems that not much was actually done, you know, last year and earlier this year. Okay. Okay.
1: Well, first of all, uh, how can we be so sure about about recovery, about growth, and so forth? Now, as I have uh, touched during my my initial remarks, uh, these figures are not just my government's. Uh, optimistic, so to say, uh, expectations. Then you look at what the market analysts except expect from Turkey. Look, I don't want to name the, the banks, but take out 10 banks, 15 banks. Look at, as I said, World Bank reports, IMF, World Economic Outlook reports, OECD's expectations. All these expect, let's say, 3 to 4.5% growth for Turkey for next year. So this is not a, a political uh, calculation. This is a very realistic calculation based on facts and also based on what others are expecting from Turkey anyway. Of course it has a lot to do with what will happen in the in the rest of the world. But then, uh, when we look at G20, which is the main platform, I would say, nowadays for uh, global economic policies, uh, and developed and developing countries, the, the the average of the expectations, I would say, is that probably we are at the at the uh, probably probably the worst is behind us already. Probably that's what the what the expectations are. Uh, also. Uh, I think there is also a consensus that recovery will happen quite slowly, and it will be a fragile recovery. So uh, for next year, the world economy is expected to grow. It will be a positive growth. That's the, again, average of the expectations, so to say. And when we make our calculations about Turkey, we would, of course, take an average scenario, average expected scenario for what is going to happen in the, in the rest of the world. Uh, I think most of the fragility uh, comes out of the banking system, especially Western European banks uh, have still big problems. And uh, these problems will not go away quickly. And the strength of the banks are very important for economic, economic recovery. So the most important vulnerability comes from, from, the, the, the still from the financial the financial sector, in my view. Uh, but on the other hand, on the other hand, yes, my prime minister said that the influence of this crisis on Turkey will not be uh, will not be that big. Uh, I think our, our financial system proved proved that. I mean, when we look at the OECD countries, if 30, 40 countries, if they don't, if all these countries had to help their financial system government bailout government support uh, or changing the guarantee scheme for example has happened in many countries uh, we did not have to do anything so i think uh, that's uh, that's a right term to be to be used uh, to be used for turkey as well uh, in terms of our policy response and so forth well when we look at back when we look at the policies that have been implemented you can always say if we have done that then we would have got this result and so forth but i usually don't do that i don't look at back and saying and also say if 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 past is past we have taken measures if those taken if those measures have not been taken then probably the results would be different also probably the recession would be deeper would have been deeper in turkey uh, but i think what is important Right now is looking at the future, what we will be doing from now on. And uh, I can easily say that Turkey is one of the, one of the very first countries uh, which is now clearly explaining and declaring what is going to be done. And I think that's at the, at the, at the essence. And uh, mainly because I'm if I, I have to be very clear, if we had, let's say. Five, ten banks we, which were in deep trouble, I would have been concerned and I would not be probably speaking discomfortably about what's going to happen and so forth. Because most of the countries had costs on, from two main areas costs associated with uh, recession or increased spending or reduced tax revenues, also costs associated with the banking system. So most of the European economies, even the, the United States, had this double cost effect. Banking cost and fiscal stimulus cost or, let's say, reduced revenue cost and, and so forth. In Turkey, that's not the case. We were affected by only one kind of a cost, cost which is reduced revenues or increased uh, spending uh, to, 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 to boost demand and so forth. So, uh, so that's why. Uh, we believe that our our recovery will be faster and our recovery uh, will be on sounder stronger uh, fundamentals Uh, and what will be the reform areas for the next uh, couple of years Uh, first of all our eu accession process this is going to be very important to to continue in a healthy way and over there our uh, reform in the area of uh, legislation uh, is going to be very important. Uh, the, the, the reforms in the, uh, in the area of you know, our courts, our legislative system overall, uh, is going to be very important. First, to make Turkey a real state of law, and also make Turkey a much more predictable country for the for the businesses uh, and we have benchmarks we have norms standards we are lucky because we are in the eu process so we are, we don't have to invent the wheel uh, from scratch uh, so that set of reforms the reforms in the area of judiciary is going to be one of the key areas another another area of reform uh, is going to be on taxation on the revenue side. Because in Turkey, informality is a reality, and informality is big. Uh, so how to make our uh, taxation system in a fair uh, way, and, uh, and then how to make sure that people who have to pay taxes actually do pay their taxes is going to be an important area of work. We have to restructure our revenue administration, we have to revise our uh, uh, enforcement framework, because rules are important. But if you don't have enforcement for those who don't follow the rules, then, then it's a problem. The rules by themselves do not make people follow them. You, would, you should have rules, but also have the right enforcement mechanisms for those who don't follow the rules. And I think that is the important loophole that we have our. In our, in our system. Uh, also supervisory uh, framework is going to be uh, important because in Turkey, the tax rates are already low. We have already decreased the taxes in many, many areas. VAT in, in Turkey is 8% for most fundamental uh, products, food, clothing, healthcare, education. In all of these areas, main areas, the VAT in Turkey is 8%. It was 18, we dropped this to 8%. So for those who say that, OK, in Turkey, tax rates are so high, so we cannot pay these taxes, that's not true anymore. Our corporate income tax rate, it was 33%. We dropped it to 20%. And 20% corporate tax rate is quite low by any standards across the world. The the personal income tax rates, we have also decreased those rates. Now we have the range of, of 15 to 35%, uh, which is quite low by, by any standard. So, uh, tax rates are already low so we have to just enforce these uh, these 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 rates uh, so so these these are going to be uh, important uh, areas of reform but overall for any economy i think the quality of democracy is also going to be very important so it, a, a country which has a well-functioning democratic system is also a much more predictable country if 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 democracy does not work if democracy has deficiencies it brings elements of unpredictability to the system it makes it difficult for the business world to make its decisions so a transparent well functioning democratic system is also going to be very important and we still have many things to do on that side we have done a lot but a lot remains to be done to Improve our democracy, and in that area also we have benchmarks. We don't have to to, to say that you know we, we have our own conditions, so this our own kind of democracy. This is the Turkish democracy, and people have to accept this democracy by its own merits. We cannot say this. We uh, have have um, again, as I said, uh, the EU process which guides us. Uh, which I'm not saying EU, you know, to, to imply that EU does everything in the best way. That's not the case. But in terms of I think democracy, in terms of human rights, this has been tested, and uh, in those areas, I think the EU norms uh, are 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 good. We can we can follow them, uh, and that's that's probably the three important areas which I can I can mention.
0: Thank you. We'll take one more lot. Uh, woman on the third row here, um, on the balcony. Can you hand that over? Sorry. Thank you. Yep.
2: Right. Well, we appreciate your comments about the fiscal discipline in Turkey, but as an investor, as an international investor in Turkey, we're particularly concerned about the recent tax charges to the um, Don Media Group and how um, it appears to be an attempt to limit free speech and really reduces our belief in the um, rule of law. And we would like to, um, you know, get your plans on sort of building investor confidence and, um, you know, address any such related international worries on the topic.
0: Thank you. And Mm -hmm. another woman behind there, yeah, with the sort of pink. Is it pink? Kind of pink. Great. Uh,
2: Thank you. Uh, Louise Ogden. My question relates to um, your earlier discussion on the global economic crisis um, and particularly how you um, envisage the hole in in demand that's been created by um, the U.S., um, consumption uh, being so low due to the deleveraging there. I was wondering what do you think the engines of economic growth will be in the next few years and to the extent that emerging markets will be able to fill this um, with particular relevance to what you think the engines of growth will be in Turkey.
0: Thanks. And and the man on the front in red here. Thank you.
1: Uh, I am very pleased to hear optimistic uh, news about banking system. However, when we look at uh, unemployment rate in Turkey, it's very difficult to be optimistic. What is the last rate of sick and unskilled employment rate in Turkey? And uh, what is your government solution about this uh, big question?
0: Thank you. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, uh, about the first, first question. Now, as I said before, informality is a big problem in Turkey. And even the largest firms are no exception in this area. So it has become a business culture in a way. When, it comes, when we talk about the reputation of a company, being honest on taxes or not, is not really a big criteria in Turkey, unfortunately, right now. So we have to change that culture. We have to. Uh, we have to uh, bring a new understanding that taxes are a, a duty to be to be paid by any uh, by any citizen, and it is an important part of the social contract. So, if individual by individual, corporate by corporate, if people pay their taxes, they will be stronger, and they will be stronger uh, citizens. One, one by one so that they can uh, hold the state accountable of how the government money is, is spent uh, so so in, in in Turkey recently we uh, have been increasing the auditing and uh, there are many c- companies actually who are who are found to be evading taxes uh, and uh, of course, this is in the in the area of a. Uh, okay, we have. Uh, I mean, as as a, as as a minister of the government, as a member of the government, I'm, I I am legally bound not to be able to talk about a specific company, about their tax situation, and so forth. So I cannot be very open in this case. But also, I should emphasize that uh, no company or no sector should feel to be immune from tax auditing. So, uh, and that we have also tax courts. And An interesting uh, percentage which I will give you is, when a company in Turkey goes to a tax court, 85% of those companies actually are found to be right in the tax courts. But, we have also a system of negotiation in a way and and uh, a, a system where a, a committee where the taxpayers go and they defend themselves it's not a court but it's in our Ministry of Finance and if that committee f- finds the taxpayer right then those tax charges can be reduced and so forth so there are two ways to go so if the company feels strong enough they go to court, and 85% of them win it. But if the, if a company does not feel strong, they choose to to uh, in a way tell their case to the Ministry of Finance, and they settle this 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 amount. So uh, so that's that's our system. And again, I would underline that no company or no sector, when it's especially about it's med- about it's uh, when it's about media, uh, the, the influence coming. From being a media company, should not mean an area of immunity. So uh, that also has to change in, in in Turkey. So we will see. It's a new case. As I said, I'm not able to tell more than what I already already said. Uh, but it's also very important for Turkey to be a country which is a state of law when it comes to tax issues. Also, there's also something which we have to we have to attain. Uh, Coming to uh, the the unemployment rates. Our unemployment rate in 2008 was 11%, and this year we are expecting it to be 14.8%. So 3.8 percentage points of jump uh, or increase uh, because of the the, the recent crisis. Uh, Compared to many other countries, this is not an exception even there are are quite a lot of countries which have even a higher increase in terms of unemployment uh, rates and starting from 2010 unlike again many countries, we are expecting this rate to start to decline. What's what's specific about Turkey is that our uh, population is increasing by 1.2% every year. So, and every year, new workforce joins. Young people start to look for jobs. So when there is an economic uh, contraction, as we exp- as we are experiencing this year, the, 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 the population does not stop uh, increasing. So we, the population continues to increase, whereas our economy is going to be shrinking. So it is going to take us some time before we go back unemployment range. And some of this unemployment is uh, due to the the, the quality of our workforce. There's a big mismatch in Turkey about uh, what kind of skills that our industry needs versus what kind of skills our unemployed people have. So although there are many companies looking for people with the right skills, but we do have people with, the, with kind of skills which are not required by, by, which are not looked for by the industry. So that is going to be very important for, our, uh, for, for some years to come. Active uh, labor market policies, training programs, uh, on job training programs is going to be very important so that our young people have the skills that our companies are, are, are looking for. Uh, about our growth model in Turkey actually since june this year we have stopped fiscal expansion and we have taken measures fiscal measures we have started to take fiscal measures to be more to be more on the prudent side when it comes to the fiscal policies because our growth model has been always by the effort of private sector private sector investments private consumption has been the main driver of growth in Turkey. And, and fiscal expansion has a limit. And I believe that we have reached that limit already by May, June this year, and now it is time to be uh, more uh, more prudent and uh, leave room for private sector uh, to, to, uh, to operate. So that will be our, our, our model for the next uh, three years. It may sound too rigid, but as I said, every country has its own setting, has its own economic structure, and uh, our economic structure does not allow for more relaxation. So uh, that's uh, that's what we are going to be uh, doing. Of course, it is going to be important to implement these, not only just say or declare programs, but also implement them. But I can easily say that in terms of fiscal measures and fiscal adjustment, we have already done more than half of what we have foreseen in our program. So starting from June, July, August, September, even tomorrow, we are going to be starting implementing new measures on the health side. Uh, So we are not just saying this, but we are already more than half of way in terms of implementing of the new uh,
0: medium term program. Thank you very much. I'm afraid I am going to have to um, wind up now because we need to get the minister to uh, dinner. Uh, The fault of all of this was that Oxford is, as many of you know, several centuries behind uh, the LSE. So you did well to get there in two and a half hours. Um, Thank you very much to the uh, minister for coming. Uh, We're delighted to see you here. Thank you.